0: chapter 25. We want to finish up on the table of showbread this morning and uh, look at that. If you are visiting with us, there is a uh, revelation, uh, some directives that the Lord gave to the nation of Israel back in uh, their time in the wilderness it was directives about things that were necessary if he would dwell in their midst because God is an unchanging God because he's the same yesterday today and forever those same principles though they may not have the same manifestation in terms of the tabernacle itself, those same principles apply to us today. Those things that were uh, there were things that were symbolized in the furniture of the tabernacle that give us revelation uh, about being the people of God and about uh, having God dwell in our midst. We're looking at a piece of furniture in the tabernacle it's called the Table of Showbread, and uh, I'd like somebody to read for us Exodus chapter 25 and verses 23 through 40. Can somebody read that? Uh, loud, clear voice, Brother Norm Bernier. Okay, uh, what basic two components do we have with a table of showbread? What, uh, just the name itself. Tells us that we have there are a couple of things that are involved here, and what are they? What are these two things? A table of showbread involves a couple of things. Okay, that's what the that's what that uh, table is made of. Excellent, good. The table and the bread. Okay, good. And as our brother said, the table's made of acacia wood. Uh, and uh, it's overlaid with gold and uh, the bread is made out of flour. What kind of flour? Fine flour. And so what was our picture of what the table uh, represented? Can anybody recall we're talking about what the table itself represented? Rod? Rod? Okay Okay, picture of the church We have the wood, symbol of man The gold, a symbol of divinity uh, God, now this could be a picture of Jesus but I think that it fits better in the type of, a ch- of the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. That you and I, the church, is not just a, uh, the Elks Lodge. It's not just a group of people assembling for something uh, to, to waste some time, do something religious. But we're actually people. Uh, the assembly is God dwelling with man. And so we have this. And, and then the bread is a picture of what? Dave? Of Christ. Picture of Christ, the made out of the bread, uh, made out of the fine flour of righteousness. Uh, What was another thing about the bread? Can anybody recall? Okay, this is where we're moving. Let's let's hold off on that just for a second. That's what we need in a second. Okay, didn't have any leaven in it, which is a picture of sin. Okay, all right. So we have uh, one. It was made out of fine flour, picture of righteousness. It had no leaven, and also it was pierced, which is a the word uh, for bread also had the understanding of pierced, and so this is also a picture of Christ being pierced. Another thought that we did not bring out that the bread also, to of course be baked, went through fire and a picture of of judgment and this, uh, again, a picture of Jesus uh, uh, enduring the judgment of God uh, for our sin. Now, Bill tells us that this uh, together uh, brings to us a picture of fellowship. Now, where where did we get that? How do, how do we know that this is uh, this is true? Where where did we move from this to fellowship? Okay, uh, okay, good. Let's let's put that to one side right now. That's exactly where we're going. But let's lay a little bit more foundation first, Bill. Okay the portions uh, Every piece of bread uh, Was the equivalent Of uh, two servings Which is interesting It was made enough for two servings Good Other uh, thoughts Okay every Sabbath The priest would bring in the The new showbread for the new week, and they would take the old showbread and they would eat that together. And so that was a uh, where the priests uh, uh, fellowshiped uh, together at that point. And so we we do have a picture of fellowship that is involved in the table of showbread. This is a place of fellowship. This is a picture of fellowship. Excellent. Now, uh, getting back to what, uh, uh, what Carl shared with us just now, what is the priority in our fellowship? If we're going to have fellowship, if we're going to enjoy fellowship, what uh, is the foundation for that? What is the, uh, the beginning point of that, Louis? Okay, uh, stated another way, this is exactly right, but using the language we're working with right now. Okay, that, that's, that's true. Okay, so we have these... Uh, again, these are other pictures of us uh, with Jesus. We must have uh, that experience of salvation. Uh, and that initiates us into what with Jesus? Fellowship, fellowship with Jesus Christ. Excellent. Okay, so our fellowship... First of all, this uh, surrounds the bread. Okay? This is what we're involved in right here. These guys just didn't come and bring uh, uh, nachos in. They just didn't come and, uh, uh, you know, whatever they uh, wanted to have. This fellowship was surrounding the bread. These men had to be partakers uh, of the bread. They had to have, uh, uh, they had to personally be partakers of the bread, which is a picture to us of salvation. Of that miracle of, uh, of redemption uh, Behold I stand at the door and knock If any man hear my voice and open the door I'll come into him and sup with him and he with me and this, But this also is more than just that initial salvation experience But it involves our ongoing fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ So you can't fellowship with just anybody that's prayed the sinner's prayer Sometime back in their life, they prayed a sinner's prayer or uh, they've they've had some kind of experience with God. That this is involving an ongoing fellowship. And how do you have an ongoing fellowship with Jesus Christ? Okay, here's again that picture of the bread that are eating that where this becomes a part of us. Where Christ becomes a part of our lives. Okay? Good. Uh, what is all of that? What, what could we say about all of those things? Obeying God? Uh, what I'm looking for is, is a 1 John scripture. First John chapter 1. Walking in the light. If we walk in the light uh, as uh, he is in the light, uh, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If any man says that he has fellowship with God and he's walking in darkness, then he's a liar. And so our fellowship then uh, is not merely on an experience that we once had with Jesus. But if you and I are going to have fellowship with one another, it's going to require that we be walking in the light. It's an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, perhaps it would be helpful at this point to uh, get some thoughts from you about what is the difference between fellowship and a relationship. Now, my, my younger brother was here for this Sunday school last week, and he got really, really upset at me because what he was saying is that uh, he thought I was saying, I don't, we don't care. About sinners, that we can't have any relationship at all with our families. We can't have any type of relationship at all with our brothers or sisters or parents or neighbors or anything. We just, uh, we only can have relationship with this small group of people. Well, uh, he wasn't really listening, but I understand, you know, how he could interpret that. What is the difference between fellowship and relationship, Brother Fred? Okay, uh, fellowship involves being like-minded. You can't sit down if you don't like menudo and, uh, and you sit down and you're sitting down with a menudo addict, then uh, uh, you, uh, there's only going to be so far that you're going to be able to share that meal together. You might be able to get some of the, the sauce off the top, but when it gets down to the real meat of the matter, then your fellowship, that sharing that food, is going to be over. You're going to say, no, uh, I, I, can't, I can't take this any further. Uh, fellowship involves our eating the same food. It involves a sharing uh, of, uh, what, uh, of heart, a sharing of life where we love the same things. Amen. Somebody else? Yes. Okay, so we we have the contrast of our affections. We love things that, that sinners hate. We hate things that sinners love, and we can go so far in, in concern and relationship and, and reaching out, but there's going to be a place where that's breaks down. And then uh, there's a partaking uh, of these things that we cannot be involved in. Uh, and this also brings a restriction. Now, there was a hand right here. Was that you, Jim? Okay. And then Brother Pace. Uh, okay. Can two walk together except they be agreed? There's, uh, again, there's a point. It, it, we're not saying that you can't have relationship with your brother and sister or your parents or your friends or other of these people that you have contact with but there's going to be a time when that just breaks down brother kennard okay good it goes it goes deeper it reaches a higher plane that uh, that goes beyond what a normal relationship would have brother ron yes this is a breakdown in terms of priorities. Brother Elliot? Uh, along those lines, uh, can fellowship can actually feel a difference. Okay. That, uh, again, our priorities, not just with the world, but with other believers who do not have the same priorities. You put a priority on the assembly, and this will come in, uh, con- in conflict uh, with someone whose priority is making sure that they have plenty of leisure and don't feel too much stress. There's just going to be that conflict that's there. Sister? Okay, this involves the time that we spend with people that uh, we're like-minded with, and there's a natural expression of that that will come in time. Sister? Amen. That's one of the great blessings that are involved in Christian fellowship, Brother Noel. Yes. Okay. Let's. Ju- we got some good comments on this. So let me just throw this out to you. What about your fellowship with a carnal believer? Well, this is an interesting topic, isn't it? What about you're going for God and there's uh, folks in the assembly that their priorities, they come to the, this church, they, they uh, go to, on occasion anyway, they, they're involved, but there's a whole thrust of their lives uh, that, is, uh, that is to the satisfaction of uh, appetite or pleasure before the kingdom of God. But you like this person. You go to the same church with this person. Uh, You don't want to, uh, uh, you know, just be holier than thou. You don't want to just uh, uh, cast them off. What what do you do? What are some thoughts? Maybe you've had to wrestle with this. Jeff? (laughs) Okay. Where the fellowship, rather than being a two-way thing of sharing of life together... Becomes more of where you're it, almost a ministry thing, where you're trying to uplift them and encourage them, brother Merck? All right, now let let me just complicate this a little bit further. Okay, uh, you're doing very very well. What about if this person will not rise to the cue of your fellowship, Ron? Conflict that comes. Amen. Okay, now, uh, what about... Okay, so here we... Uh, I think we're, we're coming to grips with the fact that, okay, here you have a uh, brother or sister. They're not doing well. They may come to church. They're going through the motions. Uh, and uh, they're, uh, out, they're going to the flicks. They got their uh, worldly music they're listening to. Their, uh, their conversation is always uh, on a worldly or carnal plane. And so there is a sense where you, uh, you may reach out to them and try and encourage them and bring them to a place of, uh, of, uh, of consecration in their life and loving them. But they're, if they're not responding to that, if they cannot do that, then there needs to be a separation uh, that happens where you need to back off from that relationship is what we're being told. Now, does it ever go any further than that? you ever have to say, look, this is why I'm not, I can't be with you. You know, I, I can't uh, go to see the romancing of the stone tonight. Uh, uh, that That's off the wall. I'm, I'm going to... Uh, do something else and you, what, what's, the, what's the point what, what, Is there something more That perhaps needs to be said Yes And not only So our sister said That she was in this experience Having this And she had to say No I'm not going to Spend time with you anymore I can't do that uh, Because when I do This happens to me and so uh, I w- just want you to know that this relationship has this effect upon my life, uh, and where d- it's actually stated right to that person's face that this is what is happening. Carl? <laughs> Okay, so this is something that we're going to have to move on. There's some excellent comments that are here. This isn't to say that you sit down and uh, you have an ice cream cone at B and R's, uh, and the guy says, uh, you know, uh, hey, did you hear the one? Why does a chicken cross the road? Uh, to get to the other side. <laughs> and you laugh and say, oh, I felt so carnal after I laughed at that joke, and, and uh, I'm not going to hang around you anymore. And um, uh, you know, where to, so let's let's bring this into balance, okay? That we're not talking about uh, the, uh, you know, you walk by a person and you and you feel a carnal waft come by, and you turn around and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We're talking about. A, 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 a relationship that has uh, uh, brought, that you have uh, tried to bring that person to a uh, place of, uh, of uh, productivity or blessing or, or living for God. And they have not responded and they will not respond. And our response needs not to just be all the time, just backing off. But sometimes it, it also needs to be, I'm backing off and this is why. Okay, we, we got to move on. I'm sure that uh, others have had good, uh, will have good comments to say. But let's look at some scriptures about this. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11, Ron Gandolfo, uh, Rob Canard, Proverbs 24, 1. Uh, somebody over here, Randy Foster, uh, 2 Corinthians six fourteen through 18. And Ron Stewart, Deuteronomy 28. I'd like to read you a quote. It says the Bible gives definite instructions about the marriage of believers. There is to be no marriage with an unbeliever. H.V. Morton, the renowned traveler, once saw a camel and a donkey harnessed to the same plow. The wretched donkey had a terrible time of it. The camel obviously did not like being so closely tied to its opposite number, and was gazing about with the supercilious, disdainful air that can be adopted only by a camel and a man. And the poor little donkey had all the weight of the yoke chafing its shoulders. Neither one nor the other could get in step. Such an unequal yoke is forbidden by God, whether it be in business, religion, or marriage. The thought that Isaac might be thus unequally yoked was a nightmare to Abraham. Okay, so be not unequally yoked. This has to do with merit. No missionary dating. All right. That's not where it's at. No missionary dating, no uh, redemptive marriage. Well, I'll marry, then he'll get saved, or then she'll get saved. No, uh, we're, that's not where it's at. Be not unequally yoked. This has to do with uh, who we fellowship with. Fellowship is not just based on on uh, the banner over us as love. Fellowship has to do with what we believe. You cannot fellowship with uh, people who believe things that are opposed to what you believe and vice versa. This also has to do with business. And getting involved uh, and your level of morality and uh, ethics will rise far far higher and you'll end up uh, finding compromise taking place. Okay, let's look at these scriptures. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11. Okay, here's Paul talking. He's not talking about... The people in the world, he says, if you're going to remove yourself from every single person and never talk to anybody that uh, uh, does these things in the world, then you'll never get anybody saved. You're going to need to reach out and tell folks about Jesus. But he says, you're going to find these things in people that call themselves brethren. And that at that point, uh, there needs to be a stand that you take uh, against that sin. Proverbs 24, 1. Okay, uh, Second Corinthians six four. Amen. Okay, and then finally Deuteronomy twenty eight. As well as okay, this interesting thing about the about the heart and the commitment of a life. Okay, so. You and I are responsible to choose the grounds for our fellowship. This is not just a, a fellowship with anybody that has a Jesus bumper sticker on his car. This is not fellowship with just anybody that, uh, uh, that uh, names the name of Jesus. And again, we're not talking about relationship. We, we don't reject and turn our nose up at, any, at everybody except their uh, on fire believers that go to this congregation. We're not talking about that. What we're talking about is that there needs to be a, uh, that that fellowship uh, involves uh, not only a relationship with Jesus that we've had, but an ongoing walking with Jesus Christ. And if a relationship uh, tears down our relationship with Jesus, uh, then steps need to be taken. Steps need to be taken to lift that person up. If that person will not be lifted up, then there needs to be a backing off of that relationship uh, and perhaps even a confronting of that uh, person with their need. Let's look at Ephesians 5, 3 through 5. And we want to uh, see some of the things that do enter into our fellowship uh, or can ruin uh, or tear down our fellowship. It says... Uh, Uh, But fornication and all uncleanness nor covetousness let not be once named among you as becometh saints Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient but rather the giving of thanks For this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ And of God So there is a Obvious breakdown of fellowship with people that are involved in sin, but it also has to do it with what we talk about and how we talk. Notice that people talk about sex all the time. Always fascinated by talking about sex. I really like to do that. Then it moves into the joking and the jesting and the fantasizing and, and all the other things that that Paul says uh, you don't have to talk about those things you don't talk about those things with uh, other believers sit around and jawbone and, and joke and all this stuff is not to, to be mentioned among you, filthiness shameful, base and I- impure language, uh, foolish arrogant, irreverent It's uh, joking about sin joking about sin or always talking about the old days you know you're always talking about the good times you used to have before you were saved when you were cool boy you know you can't seem to get a girlfriend now but boy you remember the days when you were Romeo jesting that's not to say that you can't tell a joke, you know, that if you want to use that one, why there's a chicken cross the road, you can use that one. Uh, not to say that you never uh, tell a joke or, you, you know, you never laugh or anything. But this is a jesting that involves uh, witty and suggestive and lewd speech and insinuations that move into the impure, unclean realms that uh, involves these type of things. So there's people who, oh, they're so funny, but their humor is either uh, about the things of God or it's about the world all the time. There's something unclean about their humor. They're always talking about uh, the old days. Again, another word on dating. Remember, your priority relationship was with Jesus. If you, you need to keep that relationship with Jesus and if there's some guy from this shirt that's asking you out and he takes you out and and, uh, uh, and this begins to tear down your relationship to, with Jesus even to be around him then chances are you don't want that relationship to go too much further because once you're locked together in contract for life, what's going to happen to that relationship with Jesus? Okay vice versa. She may be the best looking girl uh, in the whole congregation, but if being around her uh, destroys your relationship with God, if the total thrust of her life is uh, in some other direction, then don't worry about it. The good looks, they don't, they're not going to last forever. Amen. but a uh, relationship with Jesus is something that you need to hang on to forever. See, the problem is that we need fellowship. We need fellowship, we need relationship, that is a normal need of life. The problem is, is when we will compromise to get it. That we want fellowship, we want relationship. Here we can find acceptance with this group here or this clique here. They are a little bit carnal and their jokes are a little off color. But, I, you know, I need friends, I need fellowship. Well I want you to know that if you will live for God and if you will not compromise, God will see... That you find relationships and you find the fellowship that you need. Don't compromise your walk with God just so you can have friends. Okay? You girls are out in the workforce and some sinner guy, boy, he's so nice. All these guys at the church—they're slobs. They—they they step on your toes when they take you out. They don't even pay for for, uh, for for your food. They and they don't have enough for theirs, and you end up paying. They—they they don't open the door for you. They drive off while you're still getting in the car. They're <laughs> they're slobs. Uh, but this sinner boy is so smooth. He's so nice. Uh, don't be deceived. Amen. That's still a sinner, and that's uh, there's problems. Uh, that uh, are there. Amen. Uh, we've got time for a few more comments before we dismiss if Brother Jeff okay forget... yeah. okay here's the man that says that so there's people that uh, you know they all they talk about is their material possessions. That's all they, you know, it's not just, ah, that's a nice car, brother, or that's a, you know, where'd you get that? It's like their whole conversation surrounds the material realm. That There's a chance that that person has a covetous idolatry problem. How's another way that you can begin to discover when somebody's got a covetous problem? Get upset at you when you tell them how much you pledged? What? You pledged that much? You tithe? Oh, no, you don't have to tithe. Uh, the church I went to over here, they said that you don't have to do that and uh, you run into problems there. Dave? huh. Okay. Dave? Yes. That your fellowship and relationship will also move into the material realm. There'll be times that an expression of that uh, will perhaps cost you something or it will move in the realm of the material involved sacrifice uh, for you. Brother Fred? You have great faith. Maybe I would. Uh, uh, okay, I don't have. Uh, uh, great response to that I, I just I know that uh, that there are uh, that my son uh, relates to people at school he has friendships with people that aren't saved and I I'm not about to to tell him nor do I think I need to tell him that uh, no you don't ever talk to anybody that's not saved now there are relationships uh, that he has they're just kids uh, and uh, and they play together and they have a good time together but there are relationships that are obviously detrimental to him that uh, I will not let him be involved in. Say, no, uh, that's no good. Now, once they get older, uh, then that has to be watched, too. That has to be watched carefully and closely. But I feel like I do have a responsibility not to remove my son from uh, the world and send him to some Christian uh, convent. (laughs) But that uh, also that uh, there needs to be a, a, a leadership that I exercise over the relationships that we have. We we've, we've got to move into our church service. The Lord bless you. Excuse me, Woody. Could you take that back for me? I